Good morning, Mercy Road Karma. How we feeling? Feeling good? Excellent. My name is Darren Earlywine. I'm uh, one of the teaching pastors over at Mercy Road Northeast, and uh, they let me out to come back over here to Carmel. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be back with you guys. I haven't been had a chance to be here at Carmel with you guys since, I think, February. So uh, I've missed you. I hope you've missed me. And so I gave you, I brought a present for you. When you came in, I hope like the first 50 or 60 people, you guys got one of these, which uh, I, when I was, I wrote a book. And that's, that's my new thing. I wrote a book. And uh, it's called The Death of a Dream, uh, Resurrecting Purpose When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. Because uh, I've not met anyone yet in my life that's like over the age of like 17 that hasn't had something die in their life, like a dream, right? Like, this is how my life, I thought my life was going to be like this. Now it's like this. Where's God? Where am I? What do I do next? And so uh, I experienced a few of those. I wrote about them, uh, as well as the, the life of Joseph uh, in the Old Testament. And I uh, hope and encourage you. It doesn't come out till October, but you can scan that QR code and have a free e-copy of it today. And uh, if you want to change my life forever, well, that may be direct, dr- dramatic, but if you want to really, really do me a favor and you don't want to read an e-book, if you can pre-order the book before October 18th, you just go to barnesandnoble.com, search my name. And uh, so if the sermon's really bombing and you're bored, right, before you go to Facebook to just scroll while I'm preaching, like go to barnesandnoble.com and pre-order the book. It'll, it'll change my life. And hopefully the book will change yours. It's a special Sunday at Mercy Road. You guys came in. You probably smelled the charcoal. You saw the hot dogs. You saw what's going on in the parking lot. We are having an outpost fair and giving you an opportunity for God to expand your faith as we join him to expand the faith because God's kingdom is constantly expanding. And, and I think the interesting thing with, with God and, and, and his spirit is in, in us as his people is, is we have a, a really interesting relationship with wind and, 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 and the air. Like so many often, like God's spirit is referred to and, and, and manifest as wind or breath in the, in the scriptures. We're going to walk through a couple of them today. But the thing about wind and like air is like it's all around us, right? Like we're enveloped in air and wind, but you, like you can't see it, but you can feel the effects of it, right? And like, you can see what it can expand. And I think the interesting thing about God's kingdom is it's constantly expanding. And throughout the history of humanity, we've tried to do our best actually to, to contain it, to trap it in with religion, with traditions. And it seems like that God's spirit isn't comfortable or okay being contained or controlled. It, it constantly expands until it explodes or, or, or at least moves out and changes things. How many of you guys are getting anxious as this is getting bigger? <laughs> Me too, because I really don't want it to pop in my face, right? <laughs> what I hope to take you on really quick today is it's a journey to, to, for you to reconsider how you're allowing God's spirit to expand your life. The story of Mercy Road the past 11 years is a story of God's spirit expanding people's faith, expanding God's kingdom. <clears throat> and if you're at a place today where... Um, Maybe you've been trying to keep control of your life. It may be your day today to just let go and trust where God's spirit wants to take you. (laughs) 
like that, I guarantee you, it will be somewhat comical and it will be very unpredictable because God's spirit is always expanding and moving in our lives. Jesus, thanks for today. As we get into your word, I pray that you would um, awaken us, that you would expand our faith, expand our understanding of your kingdom and and our role in it. And I pray that you would um, help me to communicate that well. As this in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said uh, some, some amazing things, and, and he talked about wind quite a bit. He had an interaction with a guy named Nicodemus once, and it went like this in John chapter 3. There's a man named the man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. And late one night, he visits Jesus and says, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. Jesus says, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. It's impossible, Jesus is saying, it's not possible to see what Jesus is doing unless you are born again. Nicodemus says, well, listen, how can anyone be born who's already been born or grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with all this born from above talk. Great question. It's a little confusing what Jesus is talking about. Nicodemus is asking great questions here. Jesus says, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, the visible, a baptism into a new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch, but the person who takes shape within is formed by something, <clears throat> is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. What Jesus is saying to Nicodemus is, here's the deal. Since the beginning of humanity, human beings have had a very, very interesting relationship with the wind. See what Jesus is saying there, the wind hovering over the water creation, the original creation. What Jesus is saying is, is here's how humans were created and here's how God wants it to be. Is that God created us in his own image and it said he formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and then he breathed. His ruach is the Hebrew word, his breath, his wind, The Spirit of God brought human beings to life. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to be a part of the kingdom, you have to be reborn. You have to go back to how it was supposed to be, the way that I created human beings to live, where my breath, my spirit brings them to life and sustains their being. Now, the issue is, if you go back and read the Bible right after that original creation, Adam and Eve, uh, they, they, they distrust God, and they do what he asks them not to do, and, and, and sin separated humanity from God. Their spirits died, and, 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 and at that point, God begins a mission that goes all the way through the Old Testament and brings it right up to Jesus to reestablish the opportunity for human beings to once again be brought back to life and join him as he expands his kingdom through lives just like you and me. This happens through Jesus' life. Jesus lives a perfect life. 
He teaches, he does miracles, he does amazing things, and then he dies on the cross for the sins of humanity. And he's dead three days, and he comes back from the dead. And 40 days after that, he goes into heaven. And then he sends us the wind. He sends us the breath of God. He sends us the Holy Spirit to begin expanding his kingdom and our lives. We're a part of a really, really awesome movement here at Mercy Road. I, I, it's an absolute honor for me to even be a small slice of what God is doing in this church. But I wanna read for you where it all started. Not Mercy Road, but the kingdom of God. Because a lot of times we have to look back to know where we're going in the future. And sometimes we can get comfortable and forget what it is that brings us to life and motivates us, expands us. And I want us to go back and see day one of this movement of Jesus, what it looked like, what it sounded like as God continued to expand our faith in his kingdom. It's in Acts chapter two. It's called the day of Pentecost. It goes like this. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together, they being about the 120 disciples that were following Jesus at this point, right? He has ascended to heaven. They go back to the upper room here. They're all together in this place. And it says, without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from and it filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, like a wildfire, fire, can I speak? Wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. This had never happened in the history of humanity. I just want us to be clear about this. Prior to this moment, God's Spirit or His breath would come upon certain individuals for certain times, but human beings were not able, all of us invited into the opportunity to be brought to life by the divine presence, by God's Spirit. This had never happened before in the history of humanity, okay? Big deal, what's going on here is God saying now the opportunity because of what Jesus did through his death and resurrection, every human being is invited by the grace of Jesus to actually have God bring their spirit to life. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then when they heard one after another their own mother languages being spoken, they were blown away. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on. They kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them all talk in our various mother tongues? Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of it. And they talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Others joked. They're drunk on cheap wine. Then Peter stood up back by the other 11 and spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine in the morning. That one always gets me. I always got to come back to that, right? If you want to know like a proof that the Bible's true, like if it wasn't true and they made it all up, they wouldn't put stuff like that in it, right? They would just skip that part, right? Where people were yelling like, these guys are drunk. And then Peter's like, no, it's only nine o'clock, guys. You know? So Peter, if it were like 4.30, like exactly what would be going on with the 120, all right? It's for another sermon. Okay. But he stands up and he says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit, my breath, 
my wind, and this is pneuma is the word in the, in, in the Greek. I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people, every kind of people. You are every kind of people. You're included. He says, your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. When the time comes, I will pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire when billowing smoke, the sun turning black and the moon blood red before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous. And whoever, whoever calls out to the name, calls out for help to me, God, will be saved. That's the movement that we're a part of. A movement of everyday, ordinary people like you and me and them brought to life by the breath of God himself to go out and expand his kingdom. It's a movement of visionaries and dreamers and prophets and servants, people who join with God to create the future that's currently on Jesus's mind and Jesus's heart. Peter goes on. I read the whole passage in the first service and I ran out of time. So I'm just gonna skip right to the end. Basically, Peter unpacks the gospel. Here's what Jesus did. Here's what you did to Jesus. You crucified him. He was dead. He came back from the dead. And now we're here. And the reason we're doing this is because he promised to send the Holy Spirit. And now human beings can be brought to life by the Spirit of God. And everybody freaks out and they're like, wait a second, right? They say, cut to the quick. Those who are listening said, Peter, brothers, brothers. So now what do we do? And he says, change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus, so your sins can be forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the wind, the breath of God. The promise is targeted to you, your children, but also to all who are far away. That's us, whomever, in fact, our master God invites. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word, were baptized, and were signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles and the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. God's kingdom expanded in that day from 120 to 3,000 in a moment because God's spirit expanded their faith, expanded their love, came into the life, and brought them to life, and they began to live a remarkable, remarkable life where God began adding daily to those that were being saved. And that mission, that movement has gone on for 2,000 years, and it is here today in this room and in your life. Yeah, yeah. And so if we think, well, I'm just, you know, we just go to church because, you know, I kind of want to think I probably need some morals. You know, I just, I'm going to go to church. I want my kids to, you know, not go to prison, whatever it could be, right? You're like, we're just kind of going to church and hearing a guy talk for 30, no. See, what, what we hope to do and what, the reason I love being a part of this church is because what we actually wanna do is, it's not this, and, and Josh is getting ready to tell you about it, we want to actually just, just be here so we can be filled back up with God's Holy Spirit so he can expand us and send us out to actually see his kingdom come and his will be done throughout this earth because we're part of this movement. Listen to what Josh has to say. Thanks, Darren. Hey, I know I don't get to be with you all today. I'm preaching out at Northeast, but I wanna tell you, I believe this is one of the most important weekends of the entire year for our church. That our long-term 
spiritual family, our long-term plan for what church looks like, is to decentralize the power and authority from just a few to the priesthood of all believers, meaning that all of our outposts this morning are living on mission in their context. You find yourself alone. You don't have anybody that you're doing life with. You've even been through our first step class and gotten into rooted along our engagement pathway. You've completed those steps. You can do that in less than six months to a year. But you haven't found your outpost yet or started an outpost or found long-term spiritual community. We want to challenge you to do that this morning. In our engagement discipleship pathway, the end point is huddles and outposts. And if you haven't gotten connected to those, you're missing out on how God can use you. You're like, dude, I don't even know what those things are. Huddles are one-year discipling relationships, but especially this morning, our outposts are communities meeting in homes throughout the city and state, living on mission in their context. And so if you're like, man, well, that sounds kind of like a small group. It is. The difference is it's more robust. You're like studying God's word. You're praying together. You're, you're maybe even fasting together. You're taking communion, maybe even doing baptisms with the people you've reached in your neighborhood, in your sphere of influence, your oikos. And then here's the cool thing. You can actually apply for financial grants that we've set aside extra resources as we get 50% away to actually live on mission right in your community, in your neighborhood. Think of what that could look like. I hope you get excited this morning as Darren's preaching. I hope you look forward to how you could actually live this out. And today, out in the parking lot, Pastor Greg's going to talk more about this later, that you could actually encounter dozens of different outposts to see how they're living on mission. Maybe you join one of those this morning. Maybe it inspires you this morning to go start a new one. But here's the bottom line, man. If you are not in an outpost or starting an outpost long-term, you're missing out on everything we're trying to do. Everything we're trying to do. So I'm challenging you today, man. I told you I think it's the most important weekend of the year to go out in the parking lot afterwards, ask your questions, pray, invest, talk to those in your sphere of influence, and let's live on mission together to impact our communities for Christ through our Outpost Network. Let's give it up for Josh, huh? So good. And see, the challenge with this is, is, right, is God, through Jesus, expanded the faith by allowing all of us to, to once again be forgiven and brought to life. And then the Holy Spirit expanded the kingdom of God as it birthed the church in the day of Pentecost. That's what we're a part of. But, but here's the trick is that it's true of us corporately, but it has to be true for us individually. And I think that becomes the, the challenge is, is as you kind of open the sails of your soul up and allow God's spirit to guide and, and, and lead and direct you is, is it can get scary. It can get difficult. Where's God going to lead me? What's he going to ask me to do? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I spiritual enough to actually be able to, to join Jesus in what he's doing? What I love about the, the story of the church is that these were plain, regular, some of them uneducated, ordinary people who, when God's spirit brought them to life, they changed the world. And that's you. For me, it's, it's been a constant journey of getting to, to point after point and and. And God's saying, hey, I'm going to need a little more faith from you. Just a little bit more faith. Take another step. 
I remember when I was like 20, went to a conference in Atlanta, and this guy named Earl McManus, one of my favorite pastors, he preached a sermon from Matthew eleven twelve. It says this, and from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. And he preached this sermon. I was a 20-year-old punk kid with this just vision and just wanted to go after and do things for Jesus. And this idea that, that there's this kingdom of God that's forcefully advancing and nothing can stop it. And we're invited to be a part of it. I loved it. Jumped in, planted a church when I was like 23 years old. Have no business doing that. Somebody should have said no, but they didn't, right? Did that like eight years. And, and then I got disenfranchised with the whole thing. And it was like, man, I just want to see God's kingdom expand outside all the constructs and structures of church. But I didn't know how to do it. I didn't really know yet. And God said, hey, listen, I'm going to start showing you and teaching you a whole way, that new way that church could happen. And I left there and God said, I'm going to expand your faith. You're going to go work in a mega church. And I was like, this is going to be bad, but I trust God. And I took that step and God helped me begin to see a whole new way of doing the kingdom. And then one day I was on an airplane flying to a conference. I led a young adult ministry called The Rising and we were trying brand new discipleship methods and things that I was learning as I was trying to figure out how do we go back to live life the way that the, the, the first century Christians did. And this guy comes and sits next to me on the airplane. And I'm like, oh, look at this guy, right? It was Pastor Josh Schusman. Anyway, so uh, Josh sits next to me, and we start chatting. I said, so, hey, what do you do? And he said, I'm a young adult pastor. I was like, oh. He's like, out in California. I'm like, cool. He's like, what do you do? I was like, I'm a young adult pastor here in Indy. He's like, what's your young adult ministry called? And I was like, it's called The Rising. And he was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, why? He's like, my young adult ministry is called The Rising. So I'm trying to figure out, and God's expanding my view of the kingdom and faith. And here I sit next to this guy named Josh Hoosman. We talk for the flight to California. And then he reaches out about a year later through Facebook. He says, hey, God's spirit is expanding my faith. And I think I'm supposed to move back from California to plant a church in Carmel, Indiana. He said, could we, could we come and have dinner with your wife and uh, just kind of talk about church planning? And I tried really hard to convince him that he needed to stay in California where it's warm all the time. But he's a glutton for punishment. He wanted the snow. God expanded he and his wife's faith, and they came and they started this church. And for 11 years now, God's spirit has invited people to expand their faith, step into the next thing that he has for them. I can remember one of the first weeks I got to preach at Mercy Road that was there in the high, the high school, like Clay Middle School or wherever it started over there, right? Then we got that little like old bank building on college, right? Little dinky thing. God kept inviting people to take that next step of faith and it expanded. And then we got this facility and then God said, hey, we need to expand the faith some more, take another step, take another step. And we launched Northwest and then God said, keep expanding. Here's more of my spirit. We launched downtown. We launched northeast. On September 11th, we had to go to three services because the growth over there is, is, is happening so quickly. And then next year, God will invite other people to take their next step to expand their faith, and we'll launch Mercy Road Anderson. And this isn't about how Mercy Road is amazing. It's about how faithful God is, that if we're ready to take the next step, that he will invite us into what he's doing. But I get that it's scary. 
And a lot of times we don't have the confidence to step into what he's asking us to do. And I don't know if I'm courageous or just dumb or I like adventure. I'm not sure. I'm not going to say that it's great faith, but God's invited me into some wacky stuff and I've loved all of it. And somehow he's able to show up exactly in the moment that you need him to, for him to assure you, listen, I see you, I love you. I'm going to walk with you in this next adventure. After I met Josh, I, 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 I launched out from that church and, and, and I started doing this thing called pub theology. Many of you know about pub theology. Going in bars and telling people about Jesus, a little weird, expanded my faith. Then we got to be on the radio for three and a half years. That was fun. I had no idea what I was doing, but we got to tell tens of thousands of people about Jesus. And every step of the way, God says, I just need a little bit more faith. I just want to expand the faith a little bit more. Then God gave me the idea to write a book. Problem is, I don't know how to use the English language properly, okay? So those of you that know where commas are supposed to go or what the use of a semicolon is, I tip my hat to you, okay? Because I have no idea how to do any of that. And so forever, I thought there's no way that I'm going to be able to write a book. But I felt like God was saying, let me expand your faith. So I went out to Arizona, and um, that's where I grew up, and I needed to get away from all the distractions and just focus and I found out that three of my favorite authors, they don't write their books, they speak them in. And I thought, I can do that because about the only thing I can do well in life is speak. So I could speak into my phone, transcribe that. I think I'm about to be able to write a book. So I fly out there and, and right before I started writing, I set out and I had this little thing, it was a, I think they called it a casita. It was this little like little bungalow, like cabin thing up on this mountain, a little small, about 500 square feet, just me, God, mountains. And I get there and I set my computer down. I had this little JBL speaker. I put it out there and I was like, all right, God, like, and he's like, here we go. And I was like, all right, God, I'm terrified. Like, I just spent money, left my family for a week to do this. And I don't think I can do this. And today for you, you might be right there. Maybe God's been, been nudging you. His spirit's been expanding your faith to, to launch an outpost. Maybe he's been nudging you to launch a huddle or to join an outpost. Right now, he's asking you to take your next step into the vision, and, and you may be scared. So for me, I was like, all right, well, God, I, I, need, I need to meet with you. And I just discovered this album by Corey Asbury called To Love a Fool, so many of these songs had ministered to me. And so I just bought out my little JBL speaker and I just hit shuffle on my phone. And the song we're about to sing came on. And as I read, the, as I heard this, these lyrics of this song begin to be sung over me, I believe in a God who loves me well, better than I can love myself. And I can't seem to make sense of grace, and I feel unworthy of your love most days, yet you welcome me into your holy place. And I just begin to weep out on that patio overlooking the mountains. Then all of a sudden, a hot air balloon started coming up, and it was just this overwhelming Holy Spirit moment as the breath of God breathed back into me and expanded my faith to step into the next challenge God had for me. My story is not your story, but you have one. You've been created by God on purpose and for a purpose. And there's something on his heart and his mind that he wants to entrust to you to step into this movement as visionaries, servants, 
prophets, dreamers, the people of God brought to life by his spirit. It will be your servanthood and your ability to say yes and let God love you and empower you that will see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven.